Yes, we are back with Season 5, Episode 25 The Pros. I'm your host, Jack Vecchio, and this, coincidentally, is the last episode before Halloween. So I thought, okay, people always talk about when there's a full moon, things get crazy. When there's a full moon, things go nuts. And we've had some full moons recently as we are about to step on the doorstep of Halloween and some really wild, crazy stuff has happened. But um, I wanted to, I wanted to point something out just incredible that, um, that, that people think they're getting in the Halloween spirit and they don't realize what damage they might be doing. I'm not talking about people that are decorating their homes because there are some homes that are phenomenally decorated for Halloween. I mean, there's one up in um, upstate New York, apparently, that has done so well that it's got people calling the cops because they don't understand what's going on there. And, and that's that's a whole other story. But, but um, you know, I want to talk about how businesses try to get into the Halloween spirit. And it ends up, costing them dearly and you, and you just you, when when I when I tell you about this you're going to crack up. I'm also going to talk to you about um of a, a clever yet stupid criminal. And the reason this person is clever is because this is a pretty pretty brilliant idea. It's not the first time somebody thought of of doing something like this, but the way he did it was pretty impressive. And the fact that he hadn't done the math, hadn't really thought it out on the fact that he will be caught is, ah, I want to talk to you about um, a woman's home in Atlanta that was just fine and was standing beautifully when she went on vacation and while she was on vacation, she got a call from her neighbors and the neighbors had some really disturbing news about her house. And I'm going to fill you in on that. I also want to talk to you about week seven in the NFL. And I'm going to talk about the fact that if you guys took a look at my picks last week, you would find that I was probably playing the game of guess who's going to lose, not guess who's going to win. Because I guessed every, I mean, my prediction, I'll explain how the world of Bizarro takes over usually one week every NFL season. And week seven was that week this year. So I'm going to talk about that. And then I'm going to take a look at upcoming week eight. I'm also going to talk to you about how exciting the Major League Baseball playoffs got after going like sweep, 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 sweep in the first round. And then it looked like crush, crush and and Baltimore and, and the Dodgers and everybody, Atlanta was out and we're sitting there going, okay, well, this is just going to be boring. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, the American League Championship Series and the National League Championship Series got hot, got really exciting. Frankly, for all the advertisers that advertised during these games, they were loving it. The fans, you would think, were loving it. I'm going to point out something for the fans of one team that um, seemed to win on one end and lose dearly on the other. 
and I'll explain that to you in, in a minute. But I want to talk to you about um, a man in Poland who is a thief. He's a Polish thief. Now, that sounds like the beginning of a pretty funny joke in a bar, but this guy is a Polish thief, and he was arrested after he was caught posing as a mannequin in a department store. He would get into a department store window. You remember that movie Mannequin with Andrew McCarthy and uh, um, uh, I forget her name. Uh, I, I loved her, too. I, I thought she was so so gorgeous and i had i had such a crush on her kim cattrell so kim cattrell played this mannequin in the movie mannequin and she would be positioned in a department store window and at night when no one was around except andrew mccarthy she would come to life and he had this whole romance with her until the morning staff would show up and the department store had to be opened and then they'd put her in the in the window and she'd, you know, be a mannequin and then again come to life when everybody would go home. Okay. This Polish thief, I got to keep saying Polish thief because, <laughs> I mean, Polish jokes don't come from nowhere. Trust me on this. I mean, I know the old, how do you sink a Polish submarine? Well, you open the screen door. Polish thief was caught posing as a mannequin in a department store window so that when the department store closed, he could steal jewelry from the store during the night. And he would climb into a glass showcase where there was numerous mannequins on display, and he held a bag in one hand while posing as a mannequin to, quote-unquote, avoid detection. Yeah, well, once he felt safe and that everybody was gone, he removed jewelry items from one of the mannequins in the store display, and he would go around the store stealing stuff. Now, yes, this guy was really good at being a mannequin, but what he didn't take into account was the fact that, and I mentioned he's a Polish thief, right, is that the department store had surveillance cameras. So surveillance footage shows him standing there with his arm outstretched, holding a shopping bag in the store's window. And I don't understand how the person who put the display together didn't sit there and go, one, two, three, four, five, six, wait a second, there's six on display. I only put five mannequins in. Like, how did they not notice there was an extra mannequin on display? Anyway... Warsaw, Warsaw police say that the that in a separate incident, the man left the store after the shopping center closed and went and enjoyed a meal at one of the center's bars and then changed into some new clothes. By the way, the clothes he changed into, stolen. Yeah, so. <laughs> and he would leave under a partially opened gate. And then he'd actually return if he got hungry again. Well, <laughs> the man was caught and arrested, though they refused to admit how many times he hid in plain sight in the department store window posing as a mannequin before they finally 
caught on, you know, coined by then Cornell professor of social psychology and grad student Justin Kruger. The theory is basically that we're basically so stupid that we don't recognize our own stupidity. Now, the mannequin thief fits this idea since he knew he'd be on camera and would likely be caught, but he was incompetent enough to believe that this was a successful plan. Now, if people choose a course of action, they think it will work. Of course, it, it doesn't always do so. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed that this guy, that this guy got away with this for any time at all before the authorities finally caught on and the, and the jewelry store finally figured out what was, anyway, so for stealing the jewelry and breaking and entering and breaking and entering repeatedly, this man faces a potential prison sentence of up to 10 years in prison. Now he's 22, so that means he'd probably be out around 30. You know, I don't know if they have early release or any of that, but, but I mean, if you look at the pictures of him posing, yeah, I'd walk right by the window and not think, that's a person. I mean, you see these people doing this stuff on the streets of New Orleans and, you know, in New York and stuff where they just stand there frozen. And it's pretty impressive. But this guy was basically just staying still to keep from getting caught long enough to go steal jewelry. I just, and I mentioned he's a Polish thief, right? I mean, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite Polish jokes, and I'm sure I'm going to hear from all my friends who are descendants of the Polish people who are fine people, but, but, you know, I mean, in America, we often make fun of the Polish and every country has one nationality that they make fun of. In America, it's the Polish. In Russia, it's the Polish. Anyway, there was a Polish joke that went like this. Guy walks into a store and he says, uh, do you have any Polish sausage? And the guy behind the counter says, what are you, Polish? And the guy says, hey, let me ask you something because I take offense at that. If I had come in here and said, oh, do you have a French roll? Would you have said, oh, are you French? If I said, hey, do you have any Italian bread? Would you have said, oh, are you Italian? But I come in and I ask for a Polish sausage and you ask me if I'm Polish. You know, you're just trying to make me feel stupid or what? Why would you say that? Why would you ask me if I'm Polish? And the guy said, because this is a hardware store. Anyway, this guy has been arrested playing fake mannequin and he is facing 10 years in prison. I don't even know how that conversation would go on in prison. Like, you know, guys are in for all sorts of crimes, real crimes. And and this guy's, you know, hey, what 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 are you in for? Well, I was posing as a mannequin in a department store. <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you get past that? You know? You sit there and go, you 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 you, you did what? Now there have been people that hid out in department stores many years ago 
and thinking, okay, when they close the place up, I'll just steal a bunch of stuff. I'll put it in a place where I can just grab it and leave the store when they open in the morning. And yeah, people got away with that. They hid in cabinets and all sorts of stuff. And then the stores put in surveillance cameras to monitor what was going on throughout the day, at night. <laughs> so they got these surveillance going all the time. And yeah, I'm sure the stockholders pretty happy about it. <laughs> But if you think that in this day and age, you can turn around and hide out in a department store and steal jewelry and not get caught, uh, no, and not unless you're awfully fast. <laughs> so as far as that plan goes, hmm, Johnny, what do we have for him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. So this guy got caught. So let me tell you another story because crazy stuff happens right around Halloween. So this woman in Atlanta, Georgia goes on vacation. While on vacation, she gets a call from her neighbor about her home. Now, usually if this happens, maybe the home caught fire Maybe somebody broke in. The neighbor called to ask if she had arranged to have her home demolished. Yeah, yeah. So the homeowner is, is flabbergasted. Her name is Susan Hodgson, Hodson, H-O-D-G-S-O-N, Hodson. And she gave an interview with the Associated Press and she said she found a pile of rubble in place of what used to be her longtime family property when she returned from vacation. She said she's furious. She, she kept waking up thinking, is this all a joke or something? I'm just in shock. She said a neighbor called her while she was away on vacation and asked if someone had been hired to tear down her home. Well, Susan said no. And the neighbor said, well, there's someone over here right now who just demolished the whole house and tore it down. Well, the neighbor confronted them and the workers apparently were nasty with her, told her to shut up and mind her own business. Now, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that sounds like the way the mafia used to do business in the 60s and 70s. Excuse me, uh, you look like you're torturing that guy in the chair. Hey, why don't you shut up and mind your own business? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Would you guys like a pizza? Anyway, so Susan Hudson sent a family member over to see what was going on and had the family ask to see a permit for doing the demolition. When a person in charge at the site checked his permit, Hudson said that he admitted he was, dramatic pause, at the wrong address. Now, the house has been boarded up for about 15 years, and they keep it boarded, they keep it covered, they keep the grass cut, the yard is clean, the taxes are paid, everything's up on it. So Hudson filed a police report, and she's talked with lawyers, 
and everything has just stayed in limbo because frankly, I don't know that they have anything in place to handle the, the, you know, the, the woman says that they're still in the process of figuring out what to do. I mean, they keep pressing in different directions to see if, if something's going to happen. Now to this day, she said the Atlanta-based company that was responsible for the demolition, by the way, the name of the company, I looked it up. It's called, the company is called You Call It, We Haul It, has yet to contact Susan. Now, Susan's question is how do people go up, go up and, and tear somebody's property down and then just drive off? Oh, by the way, by the way, this is the other funny part of this. <sighs> When the guy realized that they were at the wrong address and they had torn down the home, completely torn it down to rubble. Once they realized that, the guys packed up all the equipment and simply drove away. No more conversation, nothing. So Hudson, Hudson is like, how could they think that's okay? I just wish they'd come over and fix the problem that they caused. It's just hard to believe that someone thinks they have the right to just come and tear something up and then just walk away from it. And they didn't even come back to say, I'm sorry. I mean, what do you need to fix this? It was an accident. They didn't give her anything. Now, the company has not returned any messages. And WAGA-TV said the company said it's doing an in <laughs> an in-house investigation and working to resolve this quote-unquote mishap. Yeah. If you go on vacation and you come back and your house has been destroyed because they went to the wrong address, yeah, yeah, I would think there has got to be some legal action that can be taken, something that can be done to resolve this. I just can't understand you know, <laughs> just I'm amazed that that this happened, and and this woman is having trouble getting a support system, a legal support system in place that can handle this. So it makes you wonder, like if you go on vacation or if you leave your house for a few days, a demolition crew can come in and in a few hours, hey, shut up, mind your own business, you know, while they're like got a big cigar in their mouth, hey, lady. Not just shut up and mind your own business. I'm just like, how how does that happen? I'm I'm floored by it. I, I can't even ah the craziness that goes on at Halloween time. Yeah. Hey, I've got one more crazy story that I gotta share. I gotta share this story with you. And this is a story because I'll tell you what, I always I talk to you guys all the time about the fact that I, I am not a fan of flying. I am not a fan of being a thousand or more feet in the air and really having no control over the steering wheel. I mean, I would mind if I was flying the plane. And frankly, I always try to grab the aisle seat because in the event that that stewardess comes out and says, we've got a problem, the pilot is sick, can anybody fly this plane? My hand will be up faster than that song, Billy, Don't Be a Hero. I'd have to be like, okay, I got this. I can fly this plane, I'll take it. I'll get us down, we'll be all right. But this story that happened on Alaska Airlines, now, I always tell you that if they use all three of your names, that's not good. So, Joseph David Emerson, again, 
not good if they use all three names, is an off-duty Alaska Airlines pilot, and he's been charged with over 80 counts of attempted murder after he allegedly attempted to shut off a plane's engines mid-flight this past Sunday, causing the flight to divert to Portland, and it took off from Everett, Washington, and was bound for San Francisco. Now, you know, Portland, San Francisco, I don't know that the passengers will really know the difference, but the pilots had this off-duty pilot flying in the jump seat, and he decided to shut off the engines mid-flight. Now, this is not a paper airplane. This is not one of those styrofoam gliders you used to buy as a kid where they'll just kind of slowly descend and it'll be really cool. This is not one of those paper airplanes that people make in the stands at a stadium and you watch it just slowly glide down and then just land on the football field. This is not that kind of thing. These things drop out of the sky. I'm not even sure why they don't put parachutes on them, but that's a whole other story. But the um, off-duty pilot is accused of trying to crash an Alaska Airlines passenger plane after trying to shut down the engines by engaging the engine fire handle. Now, he has been charged with over 80 counts of attempted murder. Now, why would he do this? Well, apparently he says he took a bunch of magic mushrooms 48 hours before the incident and then got on board as an off-duty pilot. So they welcome, come on, bud, you're one of us. Come and sit in the jump seat. And he sits in the jump seat and, uh, yeah. And then he decides, well, we're going to shut these engines off and see what happens. I, 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 anyway, so this guy has been charged, I think, with 83 counts of attempted murder. And the pilot and co-pilot apparently were able to subdue this guy. And then they landed in Portland. I mean, they had to get that plane down safely and get him under control. But they landed in Portland, and um, this guy has been taken into custody. But um, I'm not I'm not sure whether this is something that has kicked around in his mind for a while, and then he finally decided, like while he was high, you know what? <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm going to do this, you know, you know, let's do this. Yeah. Root me on. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love it. He, he apparently is going to be facing about a million years in prison all because he took some quote unquote magic mushrooms. I'm suspecting that he is probably not employed by Alaska Airlines anymore. I'm thinking that Alaska Airlines is probably going to part ways with this guy. The fact that he'd be taking magic mushrooms at all at any time and then getting on a plane out of control and I, I just like, ha, huh, how the heck 
did that happen? <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, that justice is swift for this guy because he is, he is a piece of work, man. But um, he is lucky, very lucky, that I wasn't on that flight because I, if I'm in the air and somebody's pulling that kind of stuff, I, I, I know I've told this story before, but I once was sitting across the aisle from someone who was passing notes across the aisle to the guy directly behind me. And then he would write something and pass it back. Back and forth it went like four or five times before I finally grabbed the note, threatened both of them with like checking their mortality. I mean, I warned them that even if they needed to go to the bathroom, they will stay in their seat because I will take the law into my own hands up here. And I'm not sitting down. And until we land and until the the um the federal authorities get on board i'm going to be watching both of you and they were scared and i don't blame them because i probably looked like i was a lunatic but it turned out even though they did take these guys off the plane in cuffs um they were passing notes because apparently while they're in the air these two guys they claim that their ears popped so severely that they wouldn't be able to hear each other. So they decided to just simply write notes to each other. I don't know if that was the truth, but that's what they went with. And um, they were taken off the plane and investigated. I'm sure they weren't put on a no-fly list, but I didn't get into any trouble at all because this was post 9-11. And um, I just said, look, you know, they're sitting there passing notes and I'm like, oh no, 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 we're not doing this. So this is just the way I look at it. I sit there and I go, okay, you pull that stuff. Yeah, you're going to be met with consequences. So that's that. So this guy is faced with 83 counts of attempt. Oh, by the way, the, um, the airline graciously said that since this was one of their own pilots, they would refund everybody everybody's money for the flight and give everybody a $300 voucher. $300 voucher. <laughs> so, yeah, I would be yelling and screaming for a lot more than that. <laughs> he tried to shut off the engines on a plane in flight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, I just sit there and go, come on, give me a break. Give me a break. So that is one of the other Halloween week stories. Now, we're going to get into talking about how very poorly I did in my national office pool this week. Now, for seven weeks straight, I have been not just a front runner, but way out in front of everybody. And I always try to point out that one week, at least one week each NFL season, all the experts are wrong. All the favorites lose. All the underdogs win. I mean, it just, 
that week was week seven in the NFL, and I'm so glad my Jets had a bye week because I picked intelligently. I sized up teams. I looked at matchups. I looked at injuries, and I gave you what I thought was the best information, and what I ended up with was, I don't know, so I only picked three games right all last week. I mean, I I I don't even know what to say. I don't know. I, anyway, um, I'm gonna go over everything, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about what happened. What went right? What went wrong? But um, I I just I can't tell you how I blew it. I blew it. But um, you know, three games. If the name of the game was to try to figure out who will absolutely lose, I I still would have missed by three. You know, like I can't believe that I was not able to get this right. So let's just start from the beginning. Let's talk about the Thursday night game and we will move on from there. Okay. So Thursday night game was the Jaguars and the Saints. And I thought, okay, the Jaguars just played two in London back-to-back weeks. You know, the Saints have that great defense. Well, you know, this turned out to be a one-score game, but I took the Saints, and the Jaguars won by a touchdown. So the Jaguars have now won three in a row. I mean, good for them. I really didn't know which way to go with that game, but I was thinking the Saints' defense would probably be enough. Now, the Browns and the Colts. Yes, I took the Browns. But I'll tell you what. (laughs) The football gods did all they could to get me to lose that game. There were an NFL record eight lead changes in this game. And the Browns end up winning in the final moments of the game, 39-38. The football gods did everything they could to take that one away from me too. Okay, I thought the Ravens, have looked shoddy, they've looked inconsistent, they've looked like they've got some problems, and I thought the Lions, the Lions are showing themselves to be in the conversation for one of the best teams in the NFC. So the Lions go to Baltimore, and the Ravens are up 35-0 before the Lions got a first down. Like I said, it's the bizarro world one week a year. The Lions managed to hang on because it was 35-0. So from that point forward, the Lions outscored the Ravens 6-3. to three. Problem is, the Ravens already had 35. So the Ravens won 38-6. Okay, Raiders, Raiders should have clobbered the Bears. Should have clobbered the Bears. Instead, the Bears clobbered the Raiders 30-12. I had the Buccaneers at home in really a coin toss game. And I thought these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And I thought, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers just because they're at home. Well, the final play of the game as time expired. The Falcons, 
in a 13-13 game. The Falcons kicked the game-winning field goal, winning 16-13. Now, we're going to get into the games that I thought were locks. The Commanders should be able to beat up on the Giants, right? Commanders are a good team. They're competitive. No, not against the Giants last week. The Giants scored just 14 points, which in most games, if you only score 14, you're going to lose. Problem is the Commanders only scored seven. They scored seven. I mean, I didn't even play in the game, and they only outscored me by seven. Unbelievable. So the Giants who are going on to face the Jets for bragging rights in New York this coming week. The Giants end up beating the Commanders. So the Bills travel to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. And Mac Jones, who has been benched two of the last three weeks, well, Mac Jones has a career day against the Bills. Now, they didn't crush the Bills. But Mac Jones and the Patriots stayed in this game long enough so that as time expired, Mac Jones hits the game-winning touchdown from like his own four-yard line. And the Patriots end up beating the Bills 29-25. Again, it's the world of Bizarro. The guy gets benched two of the last three weeks, and then all of a sudden he beats the Bills. Now, I think the Bills... The Bills seem to have some problems. I don't know what's wrong. It's not a lack of talent. I don't know what the issue is. But the Bills don't seem to be able to just kind of close the deal. <sighs> now we'll go back out west to where the Rams were hosting the Steelers. I'm thinking the Steelers traveling in from Pittsburgh. Rams have been on a winning streak. Rams should probably beat these guys for, by 14 or 17. Well, the Rams lost by seven. It was a one-score game, but the Steelers end up winning 24-17. Again, world of bizarro. Yes, I took the Rams just like I took the Bills, just like I took the Commanders. And now here's a game where miraculously I won. I picked Geno Smith and the Seahawks at home to beat the Cardinals, and they did just that. So... You lose three or four games, and you win one. Go figure. So the Seahawks end up beating the Cardinals 20 to 10. All right. I did take the Chiefs to beat the Chargers, and the Chiefs did just that. They beat them by 14. The Chiefs at home with Taylor Swift in the skybox end up winning 31-17. Now, I'm looking at Jordan Love and the Packers. They've been playing well, playing good ball. So I'm thinking, okay, Broncos have one, one win, one win. What is one, what does one win sound like? What do you think one win is? It's just one win. Come on. One win. What is one win? Yeah, it's one win. But the Packers could not close the deal on the Broncos. On the Broncos! I don't know what... Yeah, okay, I get it. The Packers were traveling in from... They're traveling in from Wisconsin. But they're going from, from like, Wisconsin weather 
to Denver weather. I'm not even sure the players even knew that they were in another spot. I mean, it's the same kind of weather. But the Broncos end up edging out the Packers 19-17. to 17. <sighs> I don't know. I was sitting there going, what, 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 what just happened? I thought the Dolphins, they've been averaging 500 yards a game, 499 yards a game. And yeah, they dropped 70 on the Bears. And I thought, okay, Dolphins, high scoring. The Jets just beat the Eagles. Now it's the Dolphins and the Eagles. It makes sense. Take the Dolphins, right? Take the Dolphins. Well, these two quarterbacks, Tua and Hurts, decide to go at it. Former teammates at Alabama, as a matter of fact, they each backed each other up at Alabama to win back-to-back -back national championships. So I thought this is going to be fun. This is going to be a good time. But the Dolphins, with all their weapons, and the Eagles, who the Jets just beat, yeah, Eagles at home end up winning by 14, 31-17. <sighs> so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to salvage Monday night football. I'm going to get my fourth win. That'll be Monday night football because the 49ers are going to go and play the Vikings who have lost every one-score game they've played this year. Last year, they were 11-0 in one-score games, which is an NFL record. This year, they're 0-4 in one-score games, and now you got the Niners coming in. And the Niners are coming in off a loss to Cleveland in which their kicker missed the game winner from 41 yards. 41 yards. It's not that far. 41 yards. I mean, almost everybody can kick a ball 100 feet. Well, the Vikings end up winning the game on Monday Night Football over the Niners 22-17. to the Niners end up losing to the Vikings. So this was the world of bizarro. So I don't, I, I don't know what to say, but I'm going to turn around and say, you know what? All season long, I have been picking at a rate of 70% correct. 70% correct. And by the way, in my national office pool that I'm in, I was in first place for seven weeks. And even after only picking three wins last week, I'm now in second place by one game. That's it. Even after having a horrible week, I'm only down by one game and I'm in second place. So I would say I've had a, I had a pretty good lead. So now I got a Thursday game in which the Bills are hosting the Buccaneers. Now, do I look at what happened last week? Dare I look at what happened last week? Yeah. Buccaneers are coming off a loss against the Falcons in the final moments of the game. Do the Bills get it together? Yeah, I think this is a tough game to call. And I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to stay with the Bills at home because I do think this will be a one-score game, and I'm going to pick the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills not just because they're favored, not just because they're at home, because they can't keep playing ball the way they're playing. Now, on Sunday, I will not be joining my Jets group to cheer on the Jets in the bragging rights game 
of New York in which the Jets are going to be going against their roommates, the Giants, at JetLife MetLife Stadium. Now, I got to think the Jets are better than the Giants. I got to believe that. Because if I don't believe that, what am I cheering for? And I will explain when I get to baseball why I will not be with my Jets group come Sunday. I'll tell you all about it in a little bit. So I'm going to take the Jets over the Giants. Now, we got the Patriots and the Dolphins. I got to believe the Dolphins are a much better team than the Patriots. And I got to believe the Patriots beat a Bills team that it seems to be in a bit of a tailspin. So I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Patriots. We got the Rams going to Dallas to face the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys at home. I'm starting to notice that I'm liking the teams at home. But I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. Now we got Vikings and Packers in an NFC North battle. Now the Vikings just came off a big win over the Niners. Packers just came off a big loss against Denver. Do I stay with the Packers at home? Ah, No! In this game, I'm taking the Vikings. I'm thinking, if you just beat the Niners, you might have something to say. You're 0-4 in one-score games, and now you're 1-4 in one-score games. So now I'm thinking, okay, Vikings, do they go to Green Bay and beat them? Yes, I think the Vikings beat the Packers. Next, we have the Texans going against the winless Panthers. Everyone in the league has a win and a loss. At least one win, at least one loss, except the Panthers. The Panthers are 0 for this year, 0 for. So I'm going to take the Texans to continue because until the Panthers win a game, I'm not betting on them. Eagles and Commanders. Yeah. I'm going with the Eagles. Eagles are going to go into Washington, and I believe they're going to beat the Commanders. I think the Eagles have found their stride. I think the Eagles look great. I take the Eagles. They just shut down the Dolphins. I take the Eagles. Jaguars and Steelers. Jaguars are going into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, who just came off a big win in in, uh, L.A. against the Rams, but I'm taking the Jaguars. The Jaguars have won three in a row. They're looking good. They're looking solid. They're looking like they got their confidence. I'm taking the Jaguars. Now I got the Falcons and the Titans. I think the Titans have some problems. And, you know, Tannehill looks like he might not be back, so I'm going to go with the Falcons. Falcons over the Titans on Sunday. That's my pick. And I think that game could go either way, but I'm going to take the Falcons over the Titans. Okay. Saints and Colts. Saints and Colts. Okay. Well, the Colts just lost a game to the Browns that the Colts were predicted to win. They were favored to win, and they lost 39-38. Now, do the Saints have the goods? Or the Colts just gotten better? Have the Colts improved? I'm going to go with the Colts. Colts over the Saints this weekend. That's my prediction. Browns and Seahawks. You know, I like Geno Smith at home. I like the Seahawks at home. But I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns to go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. 
Now, the 49ers just coming off a big loss against the Vikings in front of the whole football world on Monday Night Football, losing 22-17. I am going to take the Niners to bounce back. So I think the Niners, now after two losses, are going to come back strong. Next, we've got an AFC West matchup between the Chiefs and Broncos. I got to say the Chiefs. I got to say the Chiefs and Broncos. I think Taylor Swift is going to make the trip to Denver. I think she's going to find herself in a skybox hanging out with <laughs> Patrick Mahomes' wife and the whole family that belongs to the Kelsey family. And I think the Chiefs beat up on the Broncos and improve their position in the AFC. Ravens and the Cardinals, even though Baltimore is traveling to Arizona, where I will be, I think the Ravens beat the Cardinals. There's going to be a lot going on this weekend in Arizona. We got the Ravens and Cardinals game. We got the World Series. I'll talk about baseball in a minute. But I think the Ravens beat the Cardinals in Arizona. Now, we've got the Bears and the Chargers in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. I'm going to stay with the Chargers at home over the Bears. And that is the Sunday night game. And I think the Chargers beat the Bears. Now, the Monday night game has the Raiders and the Lions. The Lions are at home. The Lions are on Monday night football. Jared Goff and that fan base at home on Monday night football, it will be as electric as when Barry Sanders was in the backfield for the Lions. I take the Lions over the Raiders. And I'll tell you what, I think this is going to be probably a 43-point total score of both teams. I will take the Lions over the Raiders, the Lions over the Raiders, and total points, I would take 43. That was my prediction. Okay, now let's get into a conversation over what's going on in baseball. Now, I want to tell you guys that um, it has been really thrilling to see what has happened in the baseball world. But before I get into what happened through the various rounds of the baseball playoffs because I remember telling you guys in the first round, the wild card round, you know, Texas swept um, the Rays, um, the, the Twins swept the Blue Jays, um, the Phillies blew out the Marlins, everybody won, the Diamondbacks won two zip over the Brewers, everybody in the first round, it was a sweep. There was no drama for a game three because it's, it's, it's a two out of three and everybody won Two zip, two zip, two zip, two zip. Then, in the next round, in the American League, it's a race to three. Texas wins three zip over the Orioles. And I said, the Orioles won over 100 games in the regular season and not one game in the playoffs as the Rangers just mopped the floor with them. And on the other side of that same bracket, the Twins and Astros went at it and the Twins were only able to muster one win. So out of both teams in that round, 
they basically went six and one to advance to the ALCS, the American League Championship Series. Well, this is where advertisers are just dancing in the street. This is what they wish for. Because in the first round of the National League, in the wild card, it was a sweep sweep, like I said. And everybody was expecting the Braves to turn around and probably advance and go right into, I called it, I said, hey, they're going to the World Series. And I said, it'd probably be the Braves and the Rangers. And then all of a sudden, the Rangers couldn't seem to play baseball. And they end up having to go through the wild card round to make it to the ALCS. Well, the Braves on the National League side faced the Phillies and lost three out of four to the Phillies. And the Phillies advanced. Now, the Diamondbacks had the, un the unenviable task of taking on the number two seeded Dodgers who had won over a hundred games this year and the Diamondbacks end up punching the Dodgers right in the face and beating them three straight Dodgers went over a hundred games in the regular season not one game in the playoffs so now we got the NLCS which is the Phillies who just eliminated the Braves and the Diamondbacks who just eliminated the Dodgers okay this is a little interesting. Everyone is expecting that lock and loaded Phillies team to probably put the Diamondbacks away in five, maybe six games. Well, the Diamondbacks, you remember I said nobody else in the NL West is going to be coming at it, coming into the playoffs except the Dodgers. Well, the Diamondbacks, I said, well, they kept playing ball. They kept believing in themselves. And the Diamondbacks pushed a game seven against the heavily favored Phillies. And guess what? The Diamondbacks beat the Phillies in game seven to win the National League flag. Now, this is pretty incredible because on the American League side, the Rangers and Astros also found themselves in a game seven. And... The Rangers prevailed. The, the five-seeded Rangers beat the number two-seeded Astros, and the Rangers are representing the American League in the World Series, while the Diamondbacks are representing the National League. Now, here's what I want to tell you about this. Now, first of all, I think it's interesting that Arizona Diamondback ends when there was a game six, those fans were just giving away their tickets. Now, you think when I say giving away, this is a National League championship series. Now, if this game was in in Philadelphia, the game the, the tickets would be going for three, five, eight, nine hundred bucks a ticket. In Arizona, season ticket holders weren't even showing up for a game six. And there's no guarantee there'll be a game seven because it's the Phillies. So they were selling their tickets through secondary platforms like StubHub and stuff for, now you're not going to hear this wrong. The tickets were going for, and this is the day before the game, $9 a seat. Nine, that's couch cushion change. Nine dollars a seat. 
and the seats still weren't selling. They did not sell out game six or game seven for the Diamondbacks. I mean, it's just amazing. And it's sad to think that that they didn't even support their team as their team played through. And I just think, okay, you know what? I, I think they just assumed it's over. And I think their fans just kind of walked away. I mean, honestly. So they're selling these tickets for nine bucks and they can't even sell them. So the place wasn't a sellout. So the networks had to focus on crowd shots in which plots of seats were sold to make it look like a sellout. So <laughs> just like, I think, I think they just assumed, you know, the worst, you know, but the diamondbacks played through beat the Phillies and they are on their way to the world series. And this is the first time since 2001 that the Diamondbacks have been in the world. And in 2001, we all remember the Yankees being outscored 35 to 14, but still in a game seven had a chance to win. And, and they, they were in the ninth inning with a lead before Gonzo did that little excuse me hit over Jeter's head. And that did the trick because then it was over. Over, I tell you. So, um, got the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Neither team has that fan following like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs or the Dodgers. Neither of these teams have that, that intense, crazy support that Philly fans have. You know, I just, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a not a very interesting World Series. And frankly, my prediction is I think the Rangers, with the teams that they beat to get here, the teams that the Rangers beat to get here, I think Texas is a much better team than the Diamondbacks. But, you know, I have sold the Diamondbacks short before, and the Diamondbacks have proved me. They've proven me wrong. So... I'm expecting this to go six, maybe seven, but probably six. And I think the Diamondbacks are scrappers. I think they are the 2003 Marlins. I think they are, you know, they're, the, they're those kind of teams that, they, that people sit there and go, ah, they're done. And they say, oh, you know what? We're not. We're not. And why not us? So don't be surprised if the Diamondbacks end up winning four before they lose four. But I think looking at the teams the Rangers have put away, when I look at the fact that they beat the Rays, when I look at the fact that they beat the number one seeded Orioles, when I look at the fact that they beat the number two seeded Astros, I got to sit there and think, okay, it's the Rangers. And, you know, we'll see what actually happens. But that is my prediction but I would not be shocked 
if it's the Diamondbacks. Now, let me tell you what's going on with me this weekend is um, I have been asked to be a starting pitcher with the um, defending champions from last year's World Baseball Championships being held in Phoenix. Now, it's not enough that the World Baseball Championships are being held in Phoenix, but the World Series will be there. And oh, by the way, the Arizona Cardinals will be hosting the Ravens. So there's going to be a lot going on, a lot of traffic. I'm expecting to be in traffic a lot in Phoenix. And it's hot. They got a heat wave going on there. But I will be pitching, and I will specifically be pitching against the team that didn't play me properly last year. And I told them, I told them, I said, I will make you pay for this. So when I came up on this year and I said, okay, you know what? Here we go. Get ready because <laughs> you made a mistake not playing me. And I'm about to show you that I am money. <laughs> So I will tell you what ended up happening, but I'm pitching um, Monday the 30th and Tuesday the 31st, and that's the day that I'll be pitching against the team that insulted my abilities last year, and I warned them that they would be paying for this. So get ready. We'll, I'll let you know what happens, but I plan to completely completely stick it to them. I promise you that. I mean, they're not getting away with what they did last year. So that is season five, episode 25 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, your host. I want to thank you, the listeners. I want to thank Paul Sorrentino, the employer, lawyer who protects small businesses, companies, and corporations from wrongful attacks by employees. And you can contact him at Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for Paul Sorrentino, the employer, lawyer. I want to thank producer Karen, the Queen of Queens, New York, for putting the show together after I get all done with what I do. There she goes and does her thing. So that is season five, episode 25 of JV to the Pros. I hope I do a whole lot better on my picks in the NFL this year, this week, than I did last week because oh, I want to feel like I'm running up those stairs, Rocky. Ah. <laughs>